Welcome to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast, episode number sixteen. I, I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we? Very Hello. well. Very well. I always enjoy every week. You start by naming the number of the podcast, and it's always it's always very clear midway through the sentence that you haven't actually checked beforehand. No. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. Not not the last one we did the one before because we'd not done it for a while. I was like. Oh, I don't know. That's the right. <laughs> Every time we do this, and I'll send you a picture afterwards, I write down the name of the podcast because I have to read it because otherwise I get my, my words pulled up. I read that. I read the, the name of the podcast every time we do it, and I've even started writing the episode number down underneath it now, just in case I need to write some more notes. I think when we started doing it, I ended up with like two two pages of, of, of notes, and now I I'm, now I barely write anything. I mean, be- best intentions, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, high hopes. How is How everyone? Very well, very well. Have you had, have you had a good re- week, Ross? Uh, yeah, I bought um, I bought a holiday home this week. Whoa! Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> what in the south? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, it can go wherever you want it to. That's the beauty of this holiday home. <laughs> it's called a tent. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. God, look at you owning owning a second property. I know. Well, I thought you know, expand the portfolio. Yeah. While, <laughs> while property prices are low. Exactly. You got a career in a career in politics. Can't sit in this game. So yeah, though, that was my week. We bought um we bought a big tent. And when I say big, I mean big. It's massive. Well, Boris Johnson went camping with a with his baby, allegedly. Last week, yeah, that's what that's where he's been. And is that what inspired you? Well, I I I do hang on Bojo's every word. Yeah, <laughs> uh, want to know what he's up to, and I am keen to keen to be like him. That's why uh, I'm so <laughs> pleased that Luke's got a dishevelled blonde haircut, so we can. <laughs> and we're slowly feeding him up as well. We're giving him more and more snacks during the day, so he can little, be a little bit overweight. <laughs> And you, you're trying to train him to be as unempathetic as possible, aren't you? Well, I mean, he, he, he's very mean to me, so <laughs> <laughs> see, he's doing well. But no, yeah, we bought uh, bought a tent. So nice. you, I, I'm assuming you said it's quite big. Have you already have you already put it together then? Uh, well, it was so we went to go outdoors because they had a big tent sale on, presumably because no one's going camping over the winter. Um, and the they had the smaller version of our tent already up. Oh. Uh, which was a six-man one. So we were all set for getting that. Um, and then I just happened to notice for £30 more, you could get the eight-man version. So we said, why not? So we got the eight-man version. So, it's, so have, you got, have you got that rooms and stuff in it? So it's got two bedrooms, one at either end, and then a living living area in the middle. But it's it's seven meters by three and a half meters, so it's, it's pretty it's pretty big. <laughs> it is it is big. Um, I mean, we did we got it home. I mean, it doesn't come in a bag. It's not it's not a zip up bag. It just comes in a sheet that you have to clip together. It's that big. Um, we got it home and realised that we couldn't put it up in our garden because our garden's not big enough, and it's on a slope. So we went around to Claire's mum and dad's garden to test it out just to make sure everything was there and. Um, it only just fit their garden. <laughs> yeah, you, would, you should have. You would have had to like try it out in Heaton Park, wouldn't you? 
Well, that was the worry, yeah, that we we're going to. I thought, I'm not, I'm not putting a tent up in Eaton Park. What, a, what a loon I look like. <laughs> <laughs> Just on a golf green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we got that, and then, and then we went, uh, we went a bit. So we bought a carpet for it. Wow, had a bit, had a bit of creature comforts, um, and then the most exciting thing, we bought camping bunk beds. Gosh, how exciting is that? The, uh, yeah, this is all very. Are you, uh, you, you going to need to buy a van? Yeah, order? <laughs> I mean the the tent, although it is massive, it is. It isn't as big as you have, like rolled up. It's not as big. It doesn't take up that much room in my boot. Now I've got a people carrier. Traditionally, when people go camping, one of the things they have to remember to pack isn't, oh, remember to roll up the carpet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, but you want a bit of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm very more into the glamping aspect of yeah. camping, but, you know, creature comforts. So, yeah. So our, uh, we're we're very excited about buying camping equipment now. It seems to consume our lives. We, any camping shop we see, we're in there. We don't know what we're looking for, but we're in, and we'll, we'll buy it <laughs> if we see it. And um, what uh, are, are there any plans to go camping? Well, this is the thing. The plan is to go next year, but because the tents, like this, this tent should have been seven hundred quid. Oh, surely you could have gone for a week away. Yeah, but I can go for multiple weeks away now. Can't yeah, I? yeah, of course, of course. It's that's, that's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Pays for itself. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. Give a, give a, give a man a fish, you fed him for a day. <laughs> give a man a tent, you've kept him on holiday for years to come, haven't you? Exactly. And you're you're forgetting I have six weeks off in summer every year. Simon. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, good point. So the whole family can go away for six weeks camping. <laughs> which is why well, you're going away for carpet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take to put up uh, surprisingly about half an hour oh that's not too bad yeah that was the big I mean I was I was very because you can get blow up tents now can't you yeah I've seen I've seen a few people with them I've seen a few so them I was very tempted by them but they are they are still very expensive but I thought 20 minutes wasn't that bad it's only five poles Pretty easy. Oh, not too bad then. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm excited about that. So I can't wait to see what what else we end up buying. How excited were the kids about it? Oh, they they love it. Like just running around in something and smacking walls <laughs> that make a noise. It's incredible. So yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for that. Anyone else bought anything interesting? Oh well, no, my, my week paled into to insignificance. <laughs> we had gone um... last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you set the bar way too high. <laughs> we uh, we ate we ate out to help out on Tuesday. We uh, we drove out to somewhere in Oldham, sort of near Oldham. Obviously, I didn't want to go to Oldham because lockdown. Yeah, it was more it's more sort of hide area, but it was, it was really nice country pub. What did you have? I had uh, what did I have? Like I had, I had steak and uh, I can't remember what Blinder had. Oh, Blinder had cheese pie. Uh, yeah. It was it was lovely. It's called Joshua Bradley, I think. Some it was really nice. So you just had the one course. Uh, we had uh, we shared some camembert to start, and oh. uh, yeah, I don't think, don't think we had pudding. Uh, we had an ice cream when we got home. 
but it was uh, <laughs> it's delightful. So, yeah, Even with for... a discount, you keep it yeah. in cheap by having put it at home. <laughs> well, there was, there was something in, uh, there was there was like they've started to obviously do uh, reports and stuff now. People have used it every day of, of August. So like there was a, I think there was there was one guy that that I thought he was in the newspaper or on on the TV. But he'd been out with his daughter every single day he'd been on. And some and one day and a couple of days he'd been three times. He'd been out for breakfast, dinner, and tea. Yeah, but, but he said he'd like he said like he'd saved two hundred and eight pounds. I was like, mm, have you really saved two hundred and eight pounds going out for dinner? <laughs> I was like Yeah, that's really? like that's like me with my tent saying I saved three hundred and fifty quid <laughs> instead of spending yeah. it. Yeah. But if I worked in Manchester, I lived in Manchester, I'd be out every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Well, some places weren't because we were gonna. We went out. We went out on Tuesday. We ended, we ended up going to Dukes in the end. But there was a few places. There were a few steak places that we just didn't. Not of them. None of them are open for lunch. They're only open from like five o'clock. It was like, well, oh, well. yeah. So it's the thing. So me and Blinda, we we were both just off on Tuesday. So it was just sort of the you know one of those where the start when the stars align when you uh, when you do shift both do shift work. We we both had Tuesday off, so that's why we. We thought we'd take advantage because we were... it's hard to book somewhere in the evening. I think we talked about this last week, didn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we, we, fell, we, we fell foul a few dinner times when we were out with the kids. We thought, oh, we'll get something out. And you just can't get in anywhere. I mean, it, for those people who don't like to forward plan, it's a real hindrance. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, mean, finishes, course, I think it fin- finishes Monday. on Monday. Yeah. Of course, Ross, you won't have this problem ne- next summer when you're just on the campsite, aren't you? No, I mean, because the next purchase is a camping stove. So yeah, I'll be. So, yeah, so I imagine cooking. It, and I'll be, of course, I'll be, will there be. Will you bring some sort of generator? How are you. I how, are you bought, plugging, how are you plugging uh, your, um, your. The pint thing? Can, can oh. you fit solar panels on the roof? I mean, you mock, but I have bought an electrical hookup kit. Oh, good thinking. So <laughs> I, have mains, I will have mains power in my tent. Yeah, I wouldn't want you to be reduced to cans when you're on your holidays. Oh, no, I mean, I'll have a fridge to keep everything cold, won't I? Yeah. Carpet, so. bunk bed, fridge, beer pump. Exactly. I mean, what else do you need? I mean, I won't get my camping stove. I'll be, I won't, won't need to eat out. It'll just be, be scrambled eggs, beans on toast every night for six weeks because <laughs> that's all that will allow me to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There we go. What have you been up to, Cheddar? Not a lot. Well, I say we went out on Tuesday for lunch. Um, and then just been back in work. Like, it's coming up to bank holiday, so it's quite... It's, it's all it's all hands on deck at, at the minute before before we get into bank holiday. And then, obviously, the kids are going back to school, so it's a bit manic at the minute with um, kids' stuff, school shoes especially. And then, like I say, Grayson, Grayson, we're getting ready for Grayson to go back to school anyway, so... It's been getting shirts and uh, uniform and all that kind of all that kind of jazz. Ready for him to go back to school. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. I also bought I bought a new board game. You love buying week. board games. Oh, I am. I am a big board game geek. If I, I could, I buy like I buy a new one every day. I play, I'd have to play a new board game every day. <laughs> but we bought. I bought this board game because me and Claire are out in town. And I thought, I'll go in one of the geeky shops and see what games they've got. And they had this one. It's called Fog of Love. Yeah. 
And uh, it's so on the box, I've got it in front of me now. It says Fog of Love, romantic comedy as a board game. Wow. I was going to say, it sounds like one of these foreign films that you watch. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the game is you end up inventing two characters that you kind of role play as. And you get given personality things. And then you, you have a destiny and you, you build a relationship and you go through life events trying to make each other happy and yourself happy. Is this an That's... adult shop you got this board game from? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much it cost me? 50 quid. Whoa. <laughs> There's no budget too big for you and board yeah. games. You could, have one, could have had, you could have made that a 10 man 10. <laughs> I could have, could have. <laughs> Two hours though, a solid gameplay each time you play it. <laughs> Get your money's worth, I tell you. Played it twice. What's that? £12.50 that... an hour. I'm is that, paying is at that the minute. Not, is that not too long for a board game? And I tell you what, surprise! Like the first time we played it, it has because it's quite complicated. It's set up so you set everything out as it should be, and then as you play it, it's giving you a tutorial as you go along. So the cards are set up in order. So as you're drawing things, it'll come to a tutorial card. So you end up playing that, and that's all right. And then we played it the next day on our own, and that, that we were playing that for about two, just over two hours maybe. And it time whizzed by, and we still talk about it today. I mean, you invent you invent characters. So, my character, I I end up being called Philippe, <laughs> and I I was a florist, who uh who and then and then you the person you're playing with has to tell you things they noticed about you to begin with. So I was a florist, and the things that uh, Claire invented a character called Monique. So the the first things that Monique noticed about Philippe was that he had strange makeup. Uh, his wheelchair, and he had uh, jiggling legs. <laughs> is this is this the card? Is, do you have to? Is that what you turn on from the card? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You get you get features, so you get and then oh. you have to choose which one you noticed. But as you're oh, doing them, you have to like give a bit of a background, like say how you notice them and things. And it's quite fun to play. Have a drink and get involved. It's great. Yeah. So next yeah. time you're round, boys, I'll watch you two play. Yeah. You can form a budding relationship and we'll see. That'll be a special podcast one week, won't it? <laughs> the what's what's it called? Just again, what's again, Ross? Fog of War? Fog, fog of Love. Fog of Love, sorry. Yeah. Not Fog of War. <laughs> you don't want to end up with... But then at the end, like, you have these Destiny cats. So your whole point is you, you choose what kind of relationship you have. Whether you're going to be one where you have unconditional love, you're going to be equal partners... Or you're just going to like self-fulfill, make yourself happy. But then it said you have like criteria to fill. So basically it says you, you choose your den destiny right at the end of the game. And then basically it says you stay in this relationship, but you're only happy if you do this. And I mean, we've, we've done two relationships now. I've never ended up in a happy one. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that is a metaphor for life. But... <laughs> yeah. So does someone win and lose at the end of it? Or? No, that's the only real discipline. That you get to the end, and there's no like Claire expects like party poppers to go off and say, "Yeah, you've done it." But you just have to decide. You just have to find out whether you're in a happy relationship or an unhappy relationship, basically. <laughs> and deep down, Claire already knows she's in a happy relationship. Well, she's relationship. won because when the game's finished, she goes, "Oh, I'll go back to my perfect relationship with my hunk of a husband, Ross." So. <laughs> 
Yeah, on the lottery of life, she was she was dealt a, <laughs> dealt a pair of aces, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, from someone else's deck, but. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, what are we talking about this week? Well, there's only one place to start, really, isn't there? So um, we will uh, we'll keep it close to home first and we'll talk about uh, Harry Maguire uh, and the, obviously the incidents happened in Mykonos, which I think as we are talking, he may, be, he may have broken his silence. So if either of you are near a, a TV, you might be able to fill us in because uh, I'm not. I'm in the kitchen. Uh, and then we will talk about the other big football story, uh, which is obviously the, the news that Lionel Messi has, as we believe, has asked to leave Barcelona and where he will be off to next. Um, so we'll be back straight after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast, where we will start um, close to home with uh, the captain of Manchester United, who um, was arrested in Mykonos over the weekend, um, and uh, since has been found guilty, and then has appealed... Uh, and uh, the appeal has been granted and the um, verdict has been quashed, Ross. Nullified, I think. A a retrial will be... uh, Yeah, I I mean, it's just... It was a a weird one because um, Harry Maguire doesn't strike you as the kind of... If you would have picked a player to get themselves into trouble, I don't think... I think Harry Maguire would... Similar to when Gareth Barry stole that taxi, Gareth Barry wouldn't have been high on the list. Of... <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Gareth Barry wouldn't have been high on the list of people to get into trouble. Like Harry Maguire is not high on the list that you would say. There are other famous footballers that you would say will be in trouble before Harry Maguire. So it was all a little. It fell out of the blue in a bit. I mean, because you text saying Harry Maguire's been arrested or someone said, I thought I don't believe that. I mean, something probably a minor thing, but then. Yeah, it all came out over the weekend and you were bits and bobs. And obviously when, when you hear, all you hear initially is the headline, isn't it, that um, whoever Maguire arrested, your mind instantly, you just get dribs and drabs information. You you always jump to assumptions and jump to the worst assumption, don't you, thinking what's happened. But, um, I mean, slowly things have come out and, well, I mean, I'm still not 100% what's going on. I don't think we ever fully will be but yeah like I say he had his trial which all seemed very very quick and very rushed I, I mean I'm no expert on the Greek legal system but um, it seemed quite quick uh, and then he got found guilty didn't he? he got given a suspended 21 month sentence in 10 days and then a few days later it was appealed and nullified and then he's going to have another retrial isn't he so yeah it, it, it was all very out of the blue Um I, I, yeah, it's it's tough to know. It's tough to know what happens in, like for the footballing side of it in terms of he still is the Manchester United captain, but is that the right thing to do? Is that is that um, is that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do in terms of while while the spotlight's on him, you're putting extra pressure on him because he's captain? I, I don't know. Well, we talked about this before, didn't we? We we you'd mentioned earlier on in the week after after it had all happened and stuff that he probably he probably should step down. But then it was, I thought it was quite it was quite telling that obviously Gareth Southgate had spoken to him and Gareth Southgate had come out on I think it was I don't know Tuesday when England squad got announced and was quite literally basically just saying don't believe what you read um, I've spoken with Harry um, I'm happy with what he what he said and even put him in the England squad before the verdict um, and then took him out which um, I thought I, I didn't think that was a bad thing Simon I thought he was he was going to stick by him he he was led to believe what. Um, he was told by Maguire and 
obviously the the Greek courts found him guilty and then and then took him out. Was that was that the right thing to do, Simon, or do you think he should have left him out? Well, the whole thing's a bit of a mess, isn't it? I, th- I think there's no harm in leaving him out. It's one of them. I think if there was a major tournament about to happen, I think he would have kept him in the squad for it. I think because it's a bit of a, it's not an important game. It makes it easy to sort of ask him to step aside, sort of come back in a few months' time when it's when it's all calmed down. I think that the trouble is now they this process is going to take ages. I think it might be sort of like a year until he's actually you know we get any conclusion to it. So it's a very long time to not have him as captain. If it, it, I think at one point it looked like this trial this all, was all going to get done in a week, and if he was found innocent, everything would be brushed under the carpet because he was found guilty in this slightly bizarre trial where no information really seems to come out of it. That and, you know we're now we're now it's now going to get kicked along for however long it takes for this appeal, this second trial. I don't really understand what's going to happen next. So I think they'll have to just go back to keeping him as captain. I think they will keep keep him as Manchester United captain, partly because I don't think there's many other options for Oli to go with. So I, you know, I think it is possible to keep him as captain, and there isn't another option to go with. And I think he'll be in the next England squad as well. I mean, I'm not. I'm not against him being Manchester United captain. I think. Um, I, I think. Captaincy doesn't. It's not. It shouldn't be influenced by the type of person you are off the pitch. I know. Um, I know. We said in the past that it's a bit of a on a football pitch. It's a bit of a nominal role, and it doesn't have the same influence as like um, a cricket captain has in terms of where they're, they're playing things and deciding things. But um, for me, I'm happy for him to stay. But I, my initial thoughts were that maybe they should just do a bit of a. We'll take you out of the captaincy, and then that'll take a bit of the focus like it's not Manchester United cap it's not a it's not a weapon or something that can be used against him. He's Manchester United captain and he's but like it's not always being talked about the convicts Harry Maguire and Manchester United captain. So I I I in my my head I thought maybe take him off the captain set. Obviously in the dressing room, they all still know that Harry Maguire is the captain and he will still continue to be the captain and, and do whatever he does on a day to day. I don't think you could set the captain's armband off Harry Maguire who's suddenly going to go into his shell and not be the type of person that he is. But I just thought it takes a bit of the, the spotlight off things and allows things to cool down a bit and then you give it to someone else and see how you go from there. And then when everything's... And then just say, this is a temporary thing until we find out what's going on. The, the, the decision comes back from the courts and then we can go from there. But I don't know. To me, it all seems... I mean... Harry Maguire is very adamant that he's done nothing wrong. Um, his legal team, obviously they're representing him, so they're going to say, but they seem to think they've got a strong case in terms of him being found not guilty. <laughs> there seems to be other circumstances, so I would tend to side... I mean, I know he's, you could sound biased because he's a United player, but I would... It just felt a bit rushed and a bit funny, so I would tend to err on Harry Maguire's side, but obviously we'll have to wait and see what, what the courts say. But it is... <laughs> It's not something you need to be happening two weeks before the season, really. I would say. I mean, the, the thing is, from what, I, from what I could understand was, at the end of that first trial when he was given a guilty verdict, although he was, was found guilty, it was a suspended sentence and basically a fine, which presumably he could have just paid and not go and just made a point of not going to Greece for the next couple of years, and then he would have been able to sort of move on. So the fact that they've kind of appealed means that they must be confident that in the next trial. They'll get, they'll be able to get the result they wanted anyway because it's sort of, 
oh, sorry, there was scope for him to just take it, take whatever had happened and brush it under the carpet and move on, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, not. No, I... It's not going to be in the same court, though, is it? It'll be in a higher. It'll be a higher. It's going back to a higher Greek court. So I think yeah, but, but, think, but, he, but he's chosen that, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, the, the, I think so that's, that's... They could have accepted the guilty verdict from the lower court yeah. and just paid the fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the jokes are going around. Because uh, there was lots of rumours that he'd said, you know who I am, I'll pay you off to not for this not to happen, didn't there? There was lots of... Whether that was true or not. and But there was like, then there was loads of jokes that, oh, he could have just... If you would, he could just pay the fine and that he offered like to bribe him with in the first place. So... I mean, it just all feels a bit... I mean, it's not what you need, is it? And I mean, I don't know. I, especially now, instead of United fans or, from a United point of view, talking about, um, again, Ed Woodward's lack of decisiveness in the transfer market and us getting, a, us getting ahead of the game and having our squad settled, ready for pre-season and the start of the season, there's no pressure on Ed Woodward again because Harry Maguire's dominating the headlines and what's going on with him. So there's no real, again, pressure or drive to do anything. So it feels it feels really, really bad-timed and not something we really needed, to be honest. Well, yeah, well, United's brief pre-season is going to be disrupted by this, disrupted by the mess they're making of signing Jadon Sancho and, are, and now disrupted by Paul Pogba having coronavirus. Yes, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not ideal prep for the start of a season. No, I did think he. I did think he'd keep him out until December, like last time. Didn't he have? A, didn't he have a back problem that kept him out until December? And then he played second half of the season. Was that when Ollie was was manager? So I thought, just he's, he's another somebody else. Somebody else from the French squad. It's him and somebody else, isn't it? It was the, the, the Spurs player, isn't it? Who's the Spurs midfielder who never gets a game? Oh, oh Zangi and oh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is him. But uh, yeah, but did Raheem Sterling come back negative as well? Because he went to Usain Bolt's birthday party, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Usain Bolt bet, tested positive. I bet that'd be good fun to go to. <laughs> what? Not if you get It's just a mountain of chicken nuggets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, better than catering to be on point. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. come back with Corona instead. Yeah. Uh, it's well, just, yeah. I mean, of I Jamaica I... legends, uh, to go, we weren't really speaking of Jamaica legends, but on, <laughs> on the East table, I don't know if you follow Chris Gale on Instagram, but he lives his best life. And he posted the other day just saying, if I want a Whopper meal, I'll have a Whopper meal. And he was just sat on his, he was sat on his private plane eating a, eating a Whopper. Oh, is he not wow. going triple Whopper? Surely, he's, surely Chris Gale's got to go triple Whopper. Well, he, he didn't. Men- he didn't mention. He just says, "Well, what a whopper! I'll have a whopper." I mean, that. I mean, that is floating it because for the average man, a Birkin's quite pricey, isn't it? That's... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't have a Birkin like McDonald's is kind of the go-to because it's well. cheap enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is really throwing it in your faces there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just... And I don't. I don't know if Jamaica have got to eat out to help out. Oh, I mean, some people. They just. It's all. About, yeah. I can't stand them. They just start shoving it in your faces. Look at me. Look at, look, look at the money I've got. Gosh. So life, we can only dream of living. <laughs> I mean, I regularly want a Whopper meal, but I think, no. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's, you know, it's a 15-minute drive. There's not a Birking around the corner like there is McDonald's. You have to really pick your route to get one there. And then, then it's a bit pricey. Yeah. How the other half live, eh? 
Yeah. Speaking you, of... You're one IPL contract away from living that life, Ross. Well, I mean, I might start playing cricket then. <laughs> you got a good Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could just be like, um, you could just be like that guy Liverpool just to do throw-ins. You could just become a Yorker coach. Well, I think there definitely is a market for it. But you just need one of those visionary teams to take it on, don't yeah. you? We'll see. Get you. A, we'll get you a show. We'll get you a show. A bit of advertising. Get you on LinkedIn. And see what we can. <laughs> I mean, see what business. So business we can get for you. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I dread to think what the show reel would actually look like. To be honest. <laughs> Uh, anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of lots of money, uh, Mr. Lionel Messi has decided he's he's had enough of being beaten eight two in in the Champions League, and uh, he wants to leave. He wants to leave Barcelona, Simon. Yeah, well, I, it's a real a real kicker for for Ronald Koeman. He's he's rocked up, and I think literally two days later, Lionel Messi went, "Oh, he's, he's no chance of hanging around here." Eight two was well, bad enough, but now now I've got to work with the guy that couldn't get a, couldn't get a tune out of Tom Cleverley at Everton. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was lots of there's lots of talk that Ronald Koeman came in and give it the give it the biggins to Messi and said, "Yeah, well, your privileges in the squad yeah. are gone," which is a bold move going into Barcelona. <laughs> And it's like, and, it's like David Moyes going in the sack. It's like David Moyes going in the sack of his backroom stand. <laughs> exactly, it'd be madness, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, oof, it's crazy. I mean, the one, the one thing you like was always known in life: Lionel Messi just plays for Barcelona. World's crumbling, isn't it? People are having whoppers whenever they want, and Lionel Messi <laughs> to leave Barcelona. <laughs> Forget about coronavirus. Uh, perhaps that's what it was. Perhaps that's what it was. Perhaps he decided he wanted a whopper on his well, private yeah. plane. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, and and it, it looks like if he is to leave, that the Manchester City are, are in pole position. Well, there's lots of rumours that Messi's dad's been in Manchester, isn't there? And has already sat, sorted out a contract for him. I mean, it's it's amazing what Twitter throws up, isn't it? Yeah. Get get a spot in them planes. Thing is, though, I I can genuinely. I mean, the other the other way of looking at it is that Messi's because Messi doesn't like the Barcelona president at the minute, does he? No, there's, I think that that's that bridge has uh, has been broken. So there's kind of a um, he's doing this to maybe force the president out to get a new president in to then get a new direction for the club. But then I don't know. There's, he he hasn't really lot- got the time to wait around in his career anymore, has he? No, there's elections next year because a lot of this around. Um, I think Ronald Koeman's coming and signed a two-year deal, whereas the hot favourite to take over the presidency at Barcelona is, is already is kind of campaigning on the fact that he's going to bring Xavi back after a year. So Koeman signed a two-year deal. We'll probably only get a year, um, and then we'll probably be sacked at the end of next season, regardless of what he does. So, and obviously the big, although Messi's asked to leave. Um, and he's he, the reason it's all come about is because he's he, he's had that written in his contract that by the tenth of June, he um, if he decides if he wants to leave, he can tell Barcelona he wants to leave and he can leave for free, um, or he's got a seven hundred million pound buyout clause. I mean, who goes into this? Who who from a Barcelona perspective, who said yeah, have that clause, Messi? If you want to leave, we'll we'll let you go on a free. Any, yeah, any but, point. Yeah, I mean, 
He has he has quite a strong negotiating hand though, doesn't he? I mean, if he I insisted know, on that's, that, that's wild though, isn't it? Yeah, but if he insists on it, what what do you do? Yeah, but twelve months ago, you would never have thought he'd ever leave. Like you said, yeah, place to Barcelona. So you're thinking, well, actually, he's never going to leave, so it doesn't really matter. I know, but it's just it just seems crazy that you'd even. I don't know. I mean, do they actually leave? I don't know. I, I don't think he will when it comes to it. But, but I would, even though obviously I'm a Manchester United fan, I, I would love him to go to City. I'd love him to be in the Premier League. I mean, I'd like to see him move, just just to see him move, just see him somewhere else. Would you have um, a Premier League rival? Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of thought that Sean, uh, Sean Dyche needs backing <laughs> after, after the good work he's done at getting Burnley. Is a stable Premier League club. So Flown, it's flown into Manchester Airport and been picked up by a, a Burnley taxi driver and been taken to Turf Moor instead of a. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would like to see him in the Premier League. I mean, I as weird as it is, I don't. I would. I would like him at United, but then I don't. I don't want him. Really. If we went out and got him, I would think we're doing everything that we did in the past. Like it, it's not a forward thinking. You're going to get the best out of him for one, two seasons, aren't you? If that, even if he adapts to the Premier League, which I'm sure he would do. But I mean, I, I just think, oh, do you want to? And then the only real, the only, the only other possibility is um, City, isn't it? Really, well, City, or PS- City or PSG? Really? I mean, I. I, don't, I wouldn't really like him to go to City if I was being honest. It would be a bit of a, a kick in the teeth. But Imagine Kevin De Bruyne and Lionel Messi on the same team. I mean, poor old Ferran Torres. He's never going to get a game, is he? Oh. No. <laughs> or Phil Foden, for that matter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I ultimately don't think he will leave. But but then I can understand why he might want to because, like I say, he's, he's running out of time to win the Champions League again. If he looks at the Barcelona squad, it's all it's pretty old squad, isn't it? Like we said, when they got beat eight two off Bayern Munich, there's not a lot of real hope coming through. So maybe he has thought, you know what, I need to get out and give myself the best option of trying to trying to do something. So I think they want to go. He he basically decided that he wanted um, that Lautaro Martinez from from Inter. Um, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Cumin looks like he's going to bring Coutinho back. It doesn't look like there's a huge amount of money to spend at Barcelona. I think they still owe, but they still owe like a million of a hundred million euros to other. Well, players, yeah, that's the thing. Ba- Barcelona's got no money. Barcelona needs to get money in. They don't. Uh, they're not really in a position to be spending money. And, the, and they've and wasted. Got, they've wasted so much money in the last sort of five or six years on on players that can't get in the team. Usmani, Dembele, and Coutinho. Coutinho is the Nearly three hundred million pounds between the the pair of them two, wasn't there? So it's you've got to think that Kim is going to. Have, I mean, Kim is not. It's not a. It's not a bad team, but it's not. It's not the greatest team. There's just a, a massive gap between the the Ansu Fatih of this world, seventeen year olds, and Messi, who's obviously now thirty three. I think they've already told Suarez he can leave. Well, the, uh, that, Suarez is supposed to be talked to Ajax, isn't he? But yeah, go back to that. I mean, the problem is. If you look at Barcelona, you look at Suarez. Suarez goes. Who then takes Suarez's place? Well, they'd probably, probably end up putting Griezmann back there, wouldn't they? 
but then Griezmann's oh. hardly been on, on fire, no. has he? For it's just they don't seem to have. It seems, to, it seems to be one of these that they put all their eggs in the the Busquets, Messi, Suarez basket, PK basket, and then they've not they've just like flogged them and flogged them and flogged them until they've got they've got nothing left, and now they're at a position where they've not really thought about the next generation coming through. They've not they've not built a team. It's I mean it's quite sad really because what what will happen to? I mean they're still a massive club, but. When Messi retires and Messi goes, and then there's no one really coming through. What happens to Barcelona? Do they? Could be well, years and, and I mean, Cumin's not a good manager. I mean, he's not going. He's not, he's not going to turn it around, Cumin, is he? I mean, he's. No, I mean, I was thinking like I was thinking about this. I was surprised when Cumin goes. I was thinking, but well, surely Pochettino. I know he's managed Espanyol, but surely. Well, he must have been off. But then I was thinking, you know what? Whoever whoever didn't get it, I bet they're thinking they're looking at it now and looking at what's happened. I mean, how long's Cumin been there? A week. Yeah. And look at the carnage that's happened. Like, I bet everyone's thinking, well, I dodged a bullet with that one. So like, you ought to be the next man in now, don't you? Well, I, I mean, people must have turned it down before they went to Cumin. Wasn't first choice, was he? You feel like Pochettino must have been offered it. Allegri yes. must have been offered. You would say so, and they've all they've all clearly looked at it and gone. This is this is a mess. This isn't yeah. a one year. This isn't to come in and, and turn things around. We'll we'll win the Champions League next season. Yeah, this needs it's a major rebuild, and they've probably been told there's no money to spend. But then I guess if they're talking about if, like you said, cheesy. If, if they're talking about Javi coming back in, what's Javi going to do next year? No, but there's that bit around he's going to get. So you, Ross, <laughs> Ross, we can't be turning our nose up at getting the club legend in back to be a manager. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, sorry, <laughs> I do realise the irony in that statement. But I mean, what? I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't say United for much. I mean, I'm, <laughs> <with Solskjaer. laughs> I'm surprised he's not already there. I genuinely did think Javi would just do one year in Qatar or, or wherever he is now, and then would come back, which would have been. Well, when Javi Basel turned it down when they when they went for whoever has been managing the, the I've forgotten the name of the guy that, that was managing them from January till the end of the season. Setien, yeah. Because when they off, when they sat Valverde, they offered it to Javi, assuming that he would take it, and then he didn't, and then they were in a bit of a tight spot, and ended up giving it to Setien guy. So I mean, Javi clearly has, his, uh, but I think Javi is. Very much doesn't get on with the current uh, president, does he? They they are not uh, not on board with each other. Well, seems the rest of the Barcelona squad out So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was it really just came out of the blue, didn't it? it I feel like it's things that you never. It's going to rumble on for a few weeks yet. I think there's probably going to be a bit a bit of back and forward yet, and um, it'll probably well, end up going court before there's no way that Barcelona are going to let him go it, it, it will have to go to court because Barcelona are not going to let him leave City will end up having to probably end up pay for him if obviously Barcelona win the case not so I wouldn't say 700 million pounds because he's only got a year left on his deal but surely City are going to have to pay for him and then you've got the I mean he's on he's on it wasn't what was it 980,000 pounds a week and I'm like we'll just round it up to a million pounds and then the bonuses that he gets and the, the image rights, I think somebody they worked it out that he's on nearly 100 million euros, 100 million, nearly on 100 million euros a year. 
with his image right. So unless he's going to take a pay cut, which he might very well do just to get out of Barcelona and, and, and come to Manchester City. But, but you have to think, even Manchester City's lawyers are going to struggle to get this one past financial fair play, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? You know what I started watching again? I started watching uh, The Last Dance again, you know, the Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, you know when Scotty Pippin says that he's not going to play again for the Bulls? Yeah. And then he ends up coming back. It reminds me of that. <laughs> Just think it's going to be like that. Messi said, I'm not playing for them again. <laughs> Give it a month. And then he'll be back playing. I don't know. It's just a... I mean, if Chelsea would have waited, they'd have been in pole position, surely. Well, have they got any money left? The amount of players they're signing. Well... It shows you what's, what, what one transfer window ban does for you. The amount of, the amount of money you save... <laughs> They keep, they, keep, they keep referring back to um, obviously the transfer ban that they had and they'd sold uh, Hazard and um, Morata I think for I think for all about 160 million or something like that but they bought Pulisic and Kovacic and that was a, that was 100 million so <clears throat> technically technically still well, they te- technically still got 60 million pound in the bank fair enough but well, yeah, you not... wonder how, how much were Pedro and Willian getting paid in wages? Because they're, they're the only two sort of outgoings they've had. Well, they're trying to get the Baki, Bakioko to move Bakioko back to AC Milan, is he, aren't they? Is he still, is he still a Chelsea player? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's strange because, I mean, obviously, when, when the transfer ban happened and Frank Lampard came in, it was all the praise for Frank Lampard because he was, oh, he's giving you for chances. And it's not, he'd do this anyway. He'd do this anyway. Even if he didn't have a transfer ban, he, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't, he wouldn't look to buy. He'd look to develop from within. And he's had one one proper transfer window this summer. And what He's bought Chilwell. He's going to buy Havertz. Who else is Zivic? Who else is he bought? Tiago Silva, Timo Werner. Tiago Silva, Timo Werner, yeah. I think so you're not, you've rebuilt a squad. You've not promoted from within. That's a brand new... <laughs> First eleven, practically, <laughs> so and they've just signed another uh, French defender, aren't they? That can go back that, out on loan. That Malangsa, uh, yeah, yeah. That's was... Tamori. That's Tamori back out of the match day squad now. Thiago Silva's there. That's Mason Mount back on the bench. That's Hudson Odoi not getting a game. Sammy Abraham struggling. Yeah, yeah. All these. Oh, he's, he's definitely going to develop the youth. Yeah, for one season, and he's going to sell them. He's just going to buy habits for now, and and the, the amount of money. I mean, I mean. Good on Ben Chilwell, but he's getting one hundred and ninety thousand pounds a week, five years. That is an incredible deal. It's got a bit of the Danny Drinkwater's value that deal, on it? Because I, I, I like think, Chilwell. I don't. I mean, he's he's a great player, and he's done very well to get himself a five-year deal at one hundred and ninety thousand pounds a week. I tell you, and then it's the same with Werner as well. I, mean, I think they've only. I know they've only spent. They've only spent just under fifty million pounds on him, but they're, they're paying nearly three hundred thousand pounds a week. It'd be interesting think... to see what happens when they lose four games by October. Well, we play them. We play them, I think, game two, I think it is. We play them the second game of the season, so I'm hoping it's all not kind of gelled together. But like you say, the pressure, that the, the suddenly the pressure on Frank has suddenly ramped up quite a lot. Whereas last year, but, I think he, could have, he could have really done whatever he really wanted to do. I mean, going back to... Um, I read an article, which I hadn't really thought about, but United and Chelsea were... Pretty much. What did they finish level on points in the season? Uh, maybe a point difference, I think. Maybe so you think there's like a point difference? Yeah. You think Chelsea have gone out and signed what five, six players, Trenton? And we yeah. what? What have United yeah. done? 
I think that's been dictated to by the obviously they couldn't sign anybody last year, but no, I, I get that, but then they've still quickly gone out and done these are they, they, oh yeah, Zayt's not all the deal like they've they've knew you don't you don't just go well we've had these these deals haven't been ready since last transfer window have they? No, they've still had the same amount of time United have had to go out and do something. Yet we're we're what four weeks into the transfer window and still. I mean, every time I go on Twitter, they keep saying we're signing this Barcelona player called Gerardo. And I think, oh, I have no idea who he is, but he's, he's the most celebrated signer at the minute. I think, what's some some 16-year-old? It's hardly... It just shows you that, I don't know, it's, it's kind of, it's even more frustrating from a Woodward point of view that he, he is not doing anything to try and bridge the gap. But the thing is, you're not, the thing is, United aren't, they're not, you're not about selling him or either. So what's happening with Chris Smalling? And I've never known a defender be, be touted to so many different clubs before and not actually. actually nothing, nothing's happening. I mean, oh, they've, uh, Sanchez has gone, hasn't he? Sanchez has gone to Inter permanently or whatever. But that's pretty much about it. There's, as far as I'm aware, there's nobody else. Yeah. And I know United have obviously got an extra... Uh, United don't season start till the 19th of September, but... I, Still... I mean, the only uh, just last bit of United thing, which we've not mentioned, Dean Henderson has signed a new long-term contract, so he's not going back out on loan, is he? No, six years. So are we, what, what, what are we still thinking for? Uh, would do you think Romero will be around <coughs> next season? I think Romero's well, going to have to go, isn't he? Whoever picks Romero up's got it. I mean, Romero surely going to leave on the cheap. They're not United aren't going to be commanding a massive fee for him, surely. Well, I think we've got three of three of the top ten keepers in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, Romero, he'd walk into first choice at Chelsea, wouldn't he? Yeah, easily. He'd get in most Premier League starting 11s, wouldn't he? I'm surprised, nobody, no, I'm surprised nobody else has gone in and tried to pick him up. I mean, United aren't going to want to sell him to a, a, the side of the top half. They're not, they're not going to sell, they're not potentially want to sell him to Arsenal or something like that. But. I mean, the thing is, I suspect he's on very good wages at United. And oh, he's clearly... they, and so, I, apparently, they pay like half a million pound a week for our goalkeepers. And he clearly doesn't care about playing football. I mean, he is happy to be a very well-paid reserve. So I think I don't think he'll push for a move. I suspect he'll be quite happy to be third choice. if he's. You're saying he's the Simon Mann of goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd only want to leave if someone was going to offer him more money. I mean, he's, you know, he's been a really good goalkeeper for United when, when we've needed him. I feel sorry for Lee Grant in all this. <laughs> Lee Grant, yeah. <laughs> I guess Lee Grant's not that bad either. No. Yeah. In the uh, in the Joe Art position of <laughs> we want an English dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what? I mean, to round it all, do we? I mean, do you want? Do you think Messi will go? Do you think Messi will go? To, I mean, it looks like he's going to be Manchester City. I think. I don't. I, don't, I mean, there was lots of talk of it. Neymar's going back to Barcelona and there'll be a swap deal involved. But, I mean, we've talked about swaps before. It's not really happened. So, it looks like it's going to be City. So, are you are happy for him to go to City or happy for him to be in the Premier League? Do you think it will happen? I'd love him in the Premier League. Uh, uh, just because I'd love to see sort of how he does away at Burnley and stuff like that and, and yeah, all these what? sort of cliches. What but, master uh, plan, Sean Dyche comes up exactly, for Exactly, yeah. <laughs> How Ben me coped, but um, <laughs> can Messi defend a long throw? 
But my instinct is that Messi will still be at Barcelona when the season starts. I mean, yeah, you, I, I mean, I would guess that he'd still be there. But I, I mean, if he was to go anywhere, it would be City. And the only the only way I would be happy that he would go to City is that it would give City the boost that they need to catch to stop Liverpool winning the league next season. Well, quickly talking. To, have you heard? Have you heard what Rooney? I don't. Well, I'm assuming this is what Rooney said. Now, I've not. I've not verified this. It was on Twitter, but um, I think Rooney's come out and said that Liverpool signing Thiago would be better than City signing Messi. The league would be the league would be instantly wrapped up. And I was like, Yeah, oh, no, really? yeah, yeah, he has said that. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. We need to sign. We need to sign him first. Um, what was it? And, and the other thing is obviously that what what everybody would want to see is Lionel Messi playing for their team, and because of coronavirus, you can't put a crowd in. You can't. There's no crowds back into watch football yet. So unless that gets lifted, Manchester City might go a season of having Lionel Messi in the team and not playing no in the backyard. No one actually sees it. Yeah. No, I think he'll be at Barcelona next season anyway. I think just the numbers involved in the deal are astronomical, aren't they? Just to get just kind of sort them out would be be mental. I don't think any team could really do it. Because if it was a free, I mean the signing on fee he'll be asking for. I mean I'd not even thought of that, you know. Will be the incredible. The only other thing he I I mean, this is never gonna happen, but he has said he would love to be coached by BL Serrano. Yeah. Yeah. So the only the only other thing which would be completely left field is you just went, you know what? I've made enough money at Barcelona for a season. I'm going to take a. I'm going to. I'll take ten grand a week and I'll go and play for Bielsa because <laughs> that's what I want to happen. And be at Leeds, which would be imagine imagine him being at Ellen Road because Ellen Road's an absolute dump, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the um, the second demise of Leeds, they put their entire future fortune. In- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's we get David O'Leary back. Get injured first game. Get to the, <laughs> he gets them to the Champions League semi-finals, not next season, but the season after. And then five years later, they're back in League Two again. <laughs> I should say. Yeah. No, I think he'll still be a Barca. I think you two have got a bit more wishful thinking than I think. I think he's. No, I, I, think I, I, work. I want him in the Premier League. I'm, well, we'll wait and see, won't we? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd love to watch our matches every week. But probably not going to. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see Danny Murphy's critique of him. Jermaine <laughs> <laughs> Gene has uh, jumped on his back. Yeah, I'll find, I'll find out his positional flaws. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of uh, football critiques, just before we move on to the cricket, have you have you uh, had your call from Soccer Saturday yet? No, but yeah, of course. There are three spots available for us. Changing wow. up I mean, I, I, I was sorry, it was a time, I can't remember. I was having a conversation about this. I was saying, like, in a way, I understand it that they've got to go, but I was saying, you know, that's a big part of like my football in childhood, like growing up with them. Like, they were sta- the staples, aren't they? You watch Soccer Saturday, they're on it. So it's, it's kind of a tinge with sadness that they are gone, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know what? Things need freshening up because people like... The BT is really... good, isn't it? You are. The BT version is quite good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah what's thinking... it? But then I was thinking, like, do people know who Charlie Nicholas is anymore? Like, what, like no, you know, yeah. younger fans, do you know yeah. why, why he's there? Or do you know why Phil Thompson... Like, they start becoming to a point where they're not looked on as like, oh, 
it's, it's not dad saying, oh, well, these were great players. It's granddad saying, well, these are great players, aren't they? And then you suddenly start disengaging with your audience. So I, I completely understand why they've had to move them on. That, I, I must be, um, that must be another job that Frank Lampard's taken on this year, the, looking after <laughs> the Saturday. <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be bringing in some foreign import. Uh, right, quickly before we finish, uh, we've got to touch on uh, the last uh, M, which is obviously milestone. So, Jimmy Anderson, 600 wicket this week, Diamond. Yeah, an incredible achievement. I think it looked at one point, Mike, like you might be stuck on 599 as the rain came in on the final test. But yeah, I think well, he's the first Didn't he have four dropped it. catches on five? Yeah. As well. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, uh, and you would have been feeling pretty awkward if uh, they ended up not playing on that final day. <laughs> you were he, he ruptured his ACL and then yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, he managed to, uh, to get over the line. I think he's the first fast bowler, the fourth bowler to do it of all time. I think his, his longevity is, uh, is incredible. Nasser Hussein was the captain when he made his debut back in, it was like 2003 or something. And um, and he and he's he's sort of got better and better as his career's gone on. So yeah, an incredible achievement. He's only what he's he's nineteen away from Shane. Is Shane I think Shane Warne's got six Anil, nineteen, uh, hasn't he? Oh, Anil, no, so, so, next, and then I think I think Warne might be on like seven hundred. Warne is quite away ahead, and then uh, Murali Murali Lister, Lister, on that. he's got yeah, like eight hundred. Eight hundred, yeah, <laughs> no chance of catching. No, but I don't quite yeah. know how it came about. Morally, and ended up on exactly eight hundred. It's sort of handy if that that like it ended on a round number. Sounds like think... a, it sounds like Pele and scoring a thousand goals, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think <laughs> if it happened sort of mid-test, did he say, "Oh, I don't want to ruin, I don't want to end up on eight hundred and one"? So I'm he ch- he's just <laughs> chucking no balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lads, you lads, get the rest of the just well, there's, nine, there's, there's 90 wickets left, more or less. Well, you know, I like just, round he, numbers. He just chucked big the ball. kind of evens. He just chucked the ball in the sky and walked off. Yeah. Uh, no, 10 men. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tour de France starts this week. Who's going to win? Who do we need to look out for? Uh, can, can anyone beat. Um, Ineos, or whatever they're called. Well, they, they have a very changed squad, so they've got a very young squad. So, Geraint Thomas isn't in their squad, and Chris Freeman isn't in their squad. Um, so, Egan Bernal is their leader, who won it last year. Who hasn't in the... Well, I mean, the, obviously it's not Grand Tours, but he, he, hasn't, he hasn't won anything since uh, they've all been back cycling. He's been in and around it. But um, it's quite... A, a lot of the climbs are quite short and punchy and like they're quite steep for short bits, and then they, they go off and tail off, so they can they can have a bit of a sprint finish, which lends itself uh, to Julian Alaphilippe, which would mean then uh, Julian Alaphilippe did was uh, he was in yellow a lot last year, uh, made it all quite exciting, um, which would mean then if he won, it would be a it would be a French winner of the Tour de France, which hasn't happened for a very long time, so. It'd be interesting, and plus, there's only one time trial. There's only one time trial as well, which is quite big as well, because a lot of a lot of the climbers aren't very good at time trialing. So that's where Chris Freem especially was great at time trialing. So he won a lot of this because he could put a lot of minutes in the time trial and get a lot of time back. What was ever was going on, whereas that, that might not be the case this time round. Any chance for the, with, with the lads from Bury? Yeah, uh, probably not. No. 
They'll Maybe do all right. You'll, you'll, you'll see. I mean, uh, I think Adam Yates is signed for Ineos for next year. Um, so maybe in a few years' time, but um, yeah, I don't think for this year. The uh, speaking of Berry, they they played um, this week, I think, didn't they? The new the new Berry, they yeah, they Daisy, had their first game. First friendly, I think they won five 0 against da- Daisy Hook. I think it was. I think it was um, Daisy Hook or Daisy Nook. I can't either which one. I can't remember which now. No. Yeah, AFC AFC Berry AFC Berry's first game. A lot of, I don't quite know where it was played. They played it at Daisy Hook or Daisy Nook or wherever it was played. And to and be the, honest, I don't even know they had 11 players. And the bizarrest football story of the week was the Berry chairman. <laughs> was it Steve Dale or whatever it's called? Yeah. The chairman of the, the old Berry. Yeah, it's the wa- old Berry. Wading in on this um, <laughs> bizarre argument about what songs can be sung. About Land of Hope and Glory. Yeah. It's just incredible. I mean, of everything that's going on at that football club at the minute, of all the things that they're talking about in the boardroom, surely it's not it's not the last night of the problems. <laughs> well, he's at such a well-run club. He's got a lot of time in his hands. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's not got any football to prepare for, so it doesn't get... <laughs> that's what I mean. I, did, it's, I bet he's sat there thinking, God, this, this chairman likes stress-free, isn't it? I don't know what, I don't know what everyone's going on about. I'm not to stack point. anyone. I'm not to fire anyone. <laughs> I don't have to pay anyone. I mean, if Land of Hope and Glory play well. Yeah. 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 People need to know. Need to know my opinion on Land of Hope and Glory. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's the, what the world's crying out for. <laughs> they need to know my, uh, my opinion on the playlist for Last Night at the Proms. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you don't even watch it either. <laughs> Any, anything to get trended on Twitter? Well, he's done that, hasn't he? Yeah. I wonder, if, yeah, I wonder if there's going to be any reporters this week that'll be asked, that are any managers or any other people that get interviewed this week or in the, in the pre-season will get asked about it. Steve Dale's thoughts were, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. I mean, we're only, two, what is it? What, what are we, two, three weeks away from the start of the season? Uh, yeah, two weeks. Charity Shield's on Saturday. Community Shield, sorry, is on, is on Saturday. Seems very quick, doesn't it? But... And then, yeah, and then so the games are obviously, I think the 12th of September of the season only finishes two weeks after normal. So I think there's a there's pretty much a game every, it's a, pretty much a game every four days, I think. And why why we're still playing international fixtures in October um, and September is beyond me. Uh, not September, sorry, October. I think we play three games and then we've got an international break. Well, we don't want to let coronavirus die out, do we? We've all come to know and love it now. We've got to keep it round, keep it flying. Denmark. Is it, we're playing Denmark and Iceland, I think, isn't it? No, I don't England friendlies really do not interest me. They're the kind of things that creep up on you like a day before and you go, oh, England are playing. I might watch them. It's a good job we're not playing Greece, isn't it? No. No. In, in Mykonos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, fellas, it's been a pleasure. Yes, enjoyed it. Yes, and um, hopefully we'll have some more football news next week. Maybe a line of Messi update. Maybe. Sign for AFC, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) See you all later. See you later. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.